Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On April 16th, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles. And it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on the South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. I am great. I like the way you Good. said Manhattan Beach this morning. You really put a lot of emphasis <laughs> and passion yeah. and purpose into that Manhattan Beach today. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> How has your week been? Uh, it's been a fabulous week full of uh, announcements and uh, my middle daughter is now engaged to be married. No, they've wow. been together for five years. They've been uh, an item for five years, but now they are officially uh, engaged, and uh, we're very happy about it. We we like the guy a lot. He's okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness you like yeah. him a lot. Uh, that is well, fantastic yeah. news. Congratulations. And yeah. he's he's um, barely he's barely um he's barely acceptable to marry our daughter. <laughs> Love it. Did he go was he old fashioned and ask for your permission in advance? Well he we did have a conversation I, okay. of a couple of conversations, yes. There we go. All right. I love it. Well, congratulations and blessings uh, to both of them. I can't wait to hear more about that as the wedding day is set and approaches. That's exciting. Very, very fun. We have to, you know, all those little things are just so, so important. So congratulations. Um, well, I don't, I'm not getting married and no one in my family is getting married no? yet, but, um, you, you know, we have to, oh, oh, oh I, I have a celebration. My youngest son turned 22 yesterday. Um, so, yeah. you know, happy birthday to my youngest son. Um, God bless him for spending his 21st birthday a year ago during the, yeah. you know, the heat of the pandemic with his mother at yeah. home. Um, <laughs> Oh. Not 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 the way, right? Probably most twenty one right. year olds envision right. spending their twenty first birthday. And uh right. so this year he got to celebrate. He's down in Cancun on spring break. That's a whole nother subject, right. but um I think he's making up for, you know, a year. <laughs> anyway, so Kelly, little celebrations are all good. I, I that's a happy memory, but can can you imagine April? Twelve months ago, we didn't know anything. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. It's crazy. It is crazy. And, you know, I, I just had um, – this, this seems to be a recurring conversation in, in, as we've passed the year mark, you know. But it was funny because yeah. last night um, as Carolina and I were wrapping up in the office and um, something came up and I go – yeah, we were talking about how the Chamber of Commerce has been open the entire year. Like we've stayed open, um, you know, we've been in the office every day. We've, you know, been, I mean, just relentless work to try to help the business community. Uh, people have stopped in, they've called, they've, you know, whatever. They've even tried to pay their bills here because they think we're the city of Manhattan Beach, which we're not. And then we direct them otherwise, <laughs> what have you. But we were, we were kind of saying, you know, we've been open except for like the 
I don't know, two or three weeks that we locked the door and put a sign on. And I think everybody's been mm. doing that, like no, in, no entry, right? You know, like, um, mm-hmm. and how, afra- how, you know, afraid and scared and uh, no one just knew what we were dealing with at that point, right? No, and, no. I no. mean, to, we're such a friendly community, and to, to have to even lock your door and put a sign on it, it literally said, stop, and it was like a health sign, you know, do not enter, mm-hmm. or, you know, do not mm-hmm. enter, you have a fever, a mouth, you know, and um, I, we look back at that and just go, because there was so much unknown, you just didn't know, you know, you just did not yep. know, um, no one knew, Couldn't yeah, know. what we were really dealing with, and um, how contagious it was, how dangerous it was, you know, all of that. So we were kind of just having a, a pause last night going, gosh, remember that? Like a year ago, you know, it was just like, whoa, like, wow. So I'm so happy that we are on the other side of that. We are not out of the woods yeah. and through this yeah. pandemic yet, but we are certainly, I, I feel like at least in California, in Southern California is doing a great job kind of, you know, on the other side of it now, knock on wood, let's keep it that way. Um, the vaccination rollout is just full steam ahead in California, right. and particularly in Los Angeles. I had my second vaccine last weekend. Not, I am, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, you know, it takes a couple of weeks before you're considered fully vaccinated for it to, you know, activate your body and everything. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've done my part and will continue to do more. But, um, you know, yeah, let's. You know, let's keep the positive momentum going. There's great signs uh, in the business community. There's a lot of activity. There's people out. They're shopping. You know, they're dining. Sure. The, um, outdoor dining is so robust. You know, now we can indoor dine a little bit um, with a small capacity, mm-hmm. and there's a mix. But there is such a good, healthy buzz in Manhattan Beach particularly. I haven't had an opportunity to really – venture too far out and check out what's going on in other cities yet. But from what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. people have been traveling around a little bit uh, more for like, you know, kind of the spring break type of season. And, you know, they're traveling, I think, a lot within California, um, kind mm-hmm. of that, you know, uh, regional travel. And um, I love it. I'm mm-hmm. happy to see it. And um, I'm just hoping we continue on this very positive trajectory so um, yes with with that being said it's time for people to get out and about and circulate in downtown manhattan beach this weekend today starts uh the april sidewalk sale spring sale um where all the stores you know all the stores um, discount their goods, their clothing, their goods, their candles, their lotions, their potions. Even many of the salons will sell, you know, items, um, all the services. Anywhere, you know, from 25 up to 75% off. And um, it is, you know, go shop, clear out the dust out of the closet, go get some new clothes, make yourself feel good, um, enjoy a healthy day outside shopping in Manhattan Beach. Enjoy a meal, enjoy the ocean view, and breathe in that air. But um, very exciting to see um, the sidewalk sell back and return. And hopefully people will feel comfortable, you know, um, shopping in that environment. Um, there are a couple yeah. other things. Um, the, the Manhattan Village Mall um, Shopping Center over on Sepulveda um, is also having an event this week. And, um, okay. it's you know, it's spring, and it's called Spring into Beauty, and it's tomorrow, April 17th, from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. over at Mm -hmm. uh, the Shopping Center. It's um, sponsored by Los Angeles Magazine and, of course, the Shopping Center. And you need to register in advance. So you need to go on to Eventbrite, eventbrite eventbrite.com, and uh, forward slash spring into beauty. It will pop up. Again, it's at the Manhattan Village Shopping Center tomorrow Saturday, April 17th, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun, all sorts of, you know, fun giveaways for the ladies. Men are welcome to go, but if you want to have, you know, you can. they're putting on lashes, they're reading tarot cards, there's going to be treats and all sorts of fun things, styling <laughs> tips and all those good things. But um, in their beautiful new outdoor plaza that um, is, you know, right. is open in all the stores and restaurants around it, some are open, some are still being built out, but it's a beautiful gathering space with little water features and a big clock tower and 
um, a couple of delicious restaurants. And then, of course, the mall is just a step across the little path, and the mall is fully open. So um, come on out tomorrow, shop in downtown, go treat yourself and shop and you know, get a little girl pampering over at the mall. Um, enjoy mm-hmm. and um, be a part of this, you know, recovery um, of the economy and ourselves. We all need a little pampering, right? Yeah. We all deserve it. I think so. You've got to take care of yourself. I think you so. Know, you gotta, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I have one more announcement. Um, the Actually, I have two more announcements. Uh, Fusion um, High you know, School in the South Bay is having – a um, virtual open house today from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, Fusion Academy. You can you can see you can go register for that there or just tune in. Mm-hmm. But Fusion Academy is a wonderful alternative learning um, option in the South Bay um, that does great works with students. So um, very exciting. And then drum roll please. Next mm-hmm. Wednesday, uh, the 21st of April is the graduation of the. Young Entrepreneurs Academy, class of 2021. You've heard me talk about the Young Entrepreneurs Program um, every year. And this year they are completing their 20-week program. We've had our investor panel. We have our winner who will represent us nationally. And next week is the big graduation. So proud of these students. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Graduation. Um, Graduation. Like none other, yes. right? And it's, we're still virtual, um, but these students who have, you know, created their own business, they're all a CEO at this point, which is some are in seventh grade, some are in 11th mm-hmm. grade, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, they've started out with a passion to make a difference, a passion to create something. We've taught them how to do that. We've given them the tools. Right. We've had mentors all along the way. Um, they've pitched their business Shark Tank style to the investor panel, they, and now they're ready to graduate and light the world, you know, right. Um, right. light it up. So, anyway, super proud of them. So that is what is happening in Manhattan Beach. And that's a lot. <laughs> always. There's Am I always... ever for a, lo- a, lo- a loss of words? Never. No, no. There's a lot to print about Manhattan Beach. Yes, there is. There is. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, Wonderful. there is. Okay. Well, Kelly, um, we have some amazing people to meet today. I I really think, uh, you know, a few of the people that we're going to be meeting today potentially have international reputations. It's incredible. They do, and um, Thank you. one's a returning guest. Shall I introduce our yeah. returning guest, or shall I introduce both? Please. Are we ready for one or Please. both? Well, oh, I think just our returning guest for now. Please. Uh, just our returning guest. Okay. Yeah. So today we have our returning guest, um, Kelly Fogarty. She is the Luna Fest Chair and Seroptimist International of Manhattan Beach, um, board member. Kelly has been a member of Seroptimist for 19 years. She has retired from careers in computer sales and real estate and delighted to spend her time volunteering, cheering for UCLA. Well, we got to hear about that. And bird watching while her husband, John, takes his e-bike everywhere. I want to hear more about that, too. Um, Kelly, um, it's such a pleasure to have you back on the show today uh, to learn how Seroptimist International um, has done over the last year. I can't. It's been a year since we've had you on the show. Um, you joined it in the heat of the ramp up of the pandemic, and you had to pivot very quickly with LunaFest. And now here we are again a year later, uh, ramping up for LunaFest. So welcome back to the show, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be with both of you again. It uh, it it, it has Thank been you. quite a year and. As thinking about what you were saying in April of last year, we didn't know. And we, we had a date oh. in, I think, March for Luna Fest at the Redondo Beach Performing Arts Center last year, March or early yeah. April, and that had to be canceled. We got another yeah. date. We thought, I, I think we got a date in the summer. Well, we certainly will be able to have it at the Performing Arts Center in the summer. And, of course, that also um, 
wasn't possible. So it, it is. It's been a roller coaster, and by the time that all settled in, we, we were able to have a virtual presentation last year in June of, of LunaFest, mm-hmm. and the Luna mm-hmm. people made that option available and people could screen from home. And then in the ensuing year, they've really refined it. They've got a lot of great options for watching this year from home. But we'll hope next mm-hmm. year to be back at the Performing Arts Center. <laughs> right. And um, that that is, we're here to talk about LunaFest. And so that, that brings up the whole issue of virtualization and how we may have different options uh, in the near future, but virtuality, the the viewing and the, the uh, taking advantage of uh, people being able to watch from home will never go away. It'll never be the same again, will it? Right, I agree. And um, unfortunately, that means some theaters close. Right, that's been in the news um, because yeah. people will take more advantage of that. But there's there's always you know a, a a striving a, a drive to get together and and especially for an event where you can have a pre-program in the lobby and an intermission and enjoy each other's company and so on so uh, yeah. there'll be there'll be a mix for sure now now Kelly I'm at si manhattanbeach.org I'm at Seroptimus international manhattanbeach.org si Samuel Isaac, ManhattanBeach.org. But right. believe it or not, Kelly, there are people that don't actually know what Seroptimus International is about. Please tell us, what is Seroptimus International? Thank you. I'd be happy to. It is an a global volunteer movement, and we are celebrating our 100th anniversary this October. Um, it was mm. founded in Northern California at a time when women uh, wanted to form their own service organization because the service organizations were only open to men. So some women mm-hmm. there uh, decided to form uh, a similar sort of parallel organization and over time realized that if they just kept their focus on the needs of women and girls within the realm of community service, that they found a, a, a unique set of needs, a unique niche, and a, and a place to be. So now we are in 121 countries. We have uh, mm-hmm. clubs in every uh, continent. We have five federations around the world. Uh, we have consultative status with the United Nations as an advocate for women and girls. And um, it's a pleasure to be a part of such a great organization when we have conventions it's just remarkable it just um every moment uh so meaningful and and uh mm-hmm. to see the needs everywhere else because everyone's needs aren't the same uh, a, a clean water project in one area isn't what we need to work on here in in our area but we have needs we need to address here too so um but to see how in common you know our approaches are to solving problems and to um you know working on things uh when we come together and and the things that our international organization addresses such as migration human trafficking domestic violence mm-hmm. the rights of older women and so on it's it's just inspiring and you know they bring the top level people in the world together on those issues so we love our our big organization we love our club and uh, the things that we do here Hmm. Wonderful. Kelly, do you have a um a question to start us off or shall we go into Lunafest? Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Um I the other <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kelly That's number okay. one. I'm listening. I, I got my coffee. I'm on it, Joe. <laughs> I was ready for that. No, you know, I I I'd love to hear more about LunaFest. Let's just go right into LunaFest, you know, and, and talk right about in. what's going yes. on, and um, and and just you know, let's let's talk about that. Let's let's go there. Go ahead. 
Sure, sure. Well, and and it's their tw- it's their 20th anniversary of presenting Luna Festival, so another big anniversary, and it's our club's 15th season of presenting it. Um, Luna started this. The founders of the Luna Nutrition Bar for Women. 20 years ago, thinking about what can we do to additionally inspire um, women and represent women, and they settled on this way to find women filmmakers, women who have unique voices and perspectives, and uh, produce a short film festival, and people submit their films. Um, They're from all around the world, and so each year a a curated set of of films are sent out, and then nonprofit groups like ours can can screen them and uh, do fundraising ourselves uh, upon that. So it's their great donation and contribution to to that world. And the you know the message is representation matters, and there still isn't adequate representation in filmmaking for women, and this is just a a great opportunity each year to highlight. This year there are seven films. We can talk a little bit about about some of them too, if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do definitely want to talk about them, but I have a. As you said that all about Kelly, I um, twenty years of Luna Fest, right? You said um, your chapter. This is your fifteenth year doing it. Correct? Yes, did I yes. hear that right? Okay, so I'm just curious if you know. Um, the minute you said that, I thought I'd be curious to know today, this this year, how many submissions there were versus 20 years ago. So, in other words, how have women filmmakers either um, grown in, in size of the population or feel more comfortable submitting and doing this, too. So 20 years ago, do we know, were there, whatever, 20, 20 films submitted, and now there's 200 films submitted. Do, we have, do, you have, do you have any of that information? I'm just curious. I, I don't have it. I don't think uh, – I've read through so much of their story and their history and, and, and everything they have to say on lunafest.org, which is their website. Um, they uh, – they haven't really given us that. They've given us the numbers. For example, there have been 170 filmmakers featured over the 20 years. Uh, over 2,500 screenings have occurred over the 20 years. So we have some some numbers. But each year, what they get in submissions and then how they you know select those and and choose them, I, I don't have any um, in any real visibility on. Um, they partner with an organization called Chicken and Egg Pictures, which is a nonprofit mm-hmm. that is that dedicated to championing women filmmakers. And this is the Mm -hmm. first year that Luna partnered with Chicken and Egg and actually produced some of the films. So they're getting even more and more into, um, you know, really making films that will, you know, letting, letting these filmmakers thrive. I I love it. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe um, next year, uh, and we don't even have to wait that long. um, You know, Kelly, maybe if you have um, contacts at LunaFest or Chicken and Egg or something, I'd love to get them on the show and talk about not just LunaFest, you know, but really the evolution um, and and talk about just that 20 years ago, what was submitted And, and maybe even the topics. Right, the subject matter of the of the film right, too. Right, I bet has really changed over over the years, and uh, and, and maybe it hasn't. But I just I love I would love to hear that and and be a part of that history and, and just learn more about it too. So, um, all right. So tell us about this year. What are we um, What are we What are we going to see this year? Well, I I will um, leave the one film, Overexposed, it's called, Filming an Arctic Odyssey, the filmmaker's Holly Morris, and she's going to join us here shortly. So we'll leave um, Mm -hmm. discussion of that one. It it was made a big impact on me as well. She is a a very uh, celebrated filmmaker, and I'm sure that um, we'll enjoy hearing her story of this. one of the films that I really enjoyed is called Knocking Down the Fences, um, and it's about a woman who's a professional softball player. Uh, I think she's at Louisiana State now um, studying in, in school as well. From the film, she wore a lot of LSU caps, let's put it that way. Um, so she is the first woman to win a Rawlings Gold Glove Award, and she's a mm-hmm. uh, has a, a, a job on a professional softball team um, and works like crazy um she's an amazing athlete and and just does nothing but you know practice 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 and train um 
but the the story includes the fact that her pay, the average pay, I think they said, for a professional softball player is less than $15,000. So here she is at the top of her form, at the top of everything, and not even a fraction of what, let's say, a, a young man who makes it into a farm club for MLB. He's got a, a yeah. living salary. He's got a path to you know, to additional achievement, additional, you know, hope as long as he has the luck and works hard. Um, that And this is it for her. So she now has to work a couple of other jobs. She finally decided that she, um, you know, like many women athletes, because we've heard these stories in soccer and other professional sports, right? Um, mm-hmm. She has gone back to school. She's realized she needs to get a degree because she's going to need a job that can support herself sometimes but you know for for women for especially black women in her case she makes the case but you know it's it's all about her achievement and her dreams and she says if you can knock down the you know the first barrier if you can knock down this barrier girls watching this and watching her can knock down others so it, it's an inspiration to everyone who thinks, well, that's a terrible barrier. So knocking down the fences is that one. And I, I was very inspired by her. Wonderful young woman. Wow. Love the wow. name. Love the name. Knocking yeah. down the fences. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, another you one know, really hit mm-hmm, me. Because, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. No, no, no. No, go right ahead. Uh, another film, I, when I first saw this, it, her name Betty Sayer, uh, Betty Sar, sorry, S-A-A-R, called Taking Care of Business. And when I first saw her picture and saw her name, I, I think I must have seen her work at a gallery, let's say back in the 70s or 80s or something. So I, I recognized it in some far corner of my mind. But she, she the, the, the story is of, of this artist um, who's, 93 and still going strong and she was um very um she she does collage and assemblage she grew up in la she attended ucla i think i think she attended ucla at a time when it was um oh well you can study design because you know especially as a woman and especially as a black woman you were going to be narrowed into a a slot where um no you can't study art you're not you can't possibly be an artist kind of a thing but um the assassination of dr martin luther king jr other things happening in the LA area and so forth all during those turbulent times she became a an activist she she did a famous uh study you might have seen i i realized i'd seen it somewhere aunt jemima but aunt jemima you know caricatured and holding a rifle in one hand and you know a protest sign in the other or something like that so she became you know a, a very you know big uh, spokesperson for you know for uh you know, civil rights or women's rights and all the rest of it. So I, I just, as soon as I heard her name, I thought, I've seen her somewhere. So, yeah, she has a, a great story. And, and so this is a, a documentary about her. Wow. Kelly, you know, after every year, there's there's always compelling films that um, you bring to this Luna Fest. Um, and do you, what kind of feedback do you receive you know what what after people have watched these films um you know i'm sure you you know people email you call you um i'm sure there's life-changing stories that come out of some of it um we receive that when we do certain events right but i'm just right so much bigger what you know what can you share any has anything come to mind over the years of people you know who have um you know just contacted you know seraphimus afterward and said wow this changed my life, or the, I, I'm doing this because of that film, or anything like that. Do you have any of those episodes? Well, yes, yeah. I mean, I I I can think of one, and, and in fact, uh, one of the early Luna Fests, um, there was a very personal uh, videography of a woman did of herself as she was diagnosed with breast cancer and later had a double mastectomy. So she filmed her entire uh, journey with that, and and in very graphic, we saw her chest, right? We've been very. Um, frank, open, honest terms. And 15 years ago, you didn't see that much. You don't see it still much today. But women who, we heard from so many women after that who had had breast cancer, had loved ones with breast cancer, and 
it was a revelation to them to see somebody be so open and honest about that. It was, a, um, I think, you know, shocking. I think it was, uh, again, not something you, you see often. And it was, I, I, I get goosebumps right now talking about it still. It was a very mm. personal and very brave and all of that. And so those kinds of things, and especially, let's say, maybe when it's something in your life, just hits people. So therefore, Every film's going to hit somebody different. It was an issue they dealt with or someone they loved dealt with. Um, and uh, whether it's, um, you know, there's a film about immigration right now in, in this year's Luna Fest. It's going to resonate with a lot of people. It's going to resonate with the news. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely, definitely always people. And, and at, at the Performing Arts Center, we have an intermission. And you'll just walk around the room and hear the conversations at the table and, oh, my gosh, that last film, can you believe that? And uh, that kind of thing. So um, really, really, really they do. I mean, like like great film anywhere, everywhere, they touch people. Right. Hello. Wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing. It's our favorite yeah. event. It's our biggest event. It's our biggest fundraiser. And it's, um, you know, gosh, when we found this 15 years ago, we said, here we are, women, you know, women's service organization. And what do we want to do in the world but lift up women? And then here's this Luna company over here that's decided to champion these unique voices and make sure they have more exposure and representation and so on. And what a synergy, you know, what a just opportunity right. to say this is the ideal fundraiser we should have. I, I agree. So how, how has your fundraising been impacted over the last year with the pandemic? Um, you know, what other things have you had to do? Who has stepped up? Um, you know, how how are how is it going? Well, it, it's it's definitely tough. It's for sure tough, and we we always had twice a year bingo nights. The bingo might bring us, you know, $3,000 a year kind of thing, but um, we'd be at the badminton club and, um, and have, you know, 70, 80 people in the room and just fun and silly fun, bingo, silly fun. Um, so we had a virtual bingo this year. It, w- it We had 80 people. It was a riot. It was hmm. very fun, but it, it's different. And it took us a while to realize that we should do that, figure out how to do that and all of that. So um, I will mention our sponsors, if you don't mind, for Luna Fest, if we're talking about fundraising because they are they are amazing this year so happy manhattan village is one of our full moon sponsors as is athleta and i'll i'd like to say something more about athleta in a minute blue moon sponsor is chevron so we're they're always so supportive of us in fact they let us put our luna fest banner on the fence there at Sepulveda and Rosecrans, so you can see that right now. Um, our other sponsors are Margaret May Insurance and Financial Services, Smart and Final, and I'm going to talk about the snack bag bags we're going to give. So we're going to do um, snack bags for our attendees, and, you know, these kind of donors help us fill up, you know, a, a bag with microwave popcorn and candy and so on. Um, 3V Signs and Banners, South Bay Live Magazine, Total Wine, uh, Ralph's Oriental Trading and California Pizza Kitchen have all made donations. Um, so, with that, you know, these been in tough times themselves, right? And so, for them to be able to do sponsorship is is remarkable. That is quite a list um, of sponsors, and I, I'm really happy for you to um, that everybody is still stepping up and supporting, and perhaps even supporting in, in an even bigger way. Um, you mentioned one of your sponsors said, "I, I need to." There's, there was more I wanted to talk about that. What did you say? Um, 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 Athleta. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Yeah. They um, they're giving us. Um, $15 gift cards to give to all of our ticket holders. So your ticket's $25 and you're going to get a $15 gift card back from Athleta. And what the way we're doing that is we're offering people the option to come do a pickup one day before the, the screening, which is May 1st and 2nd. Um, and you, you will 
you have the option to say, sure, I'll come to the pickup date, and you're going to get a snack bag with microwave popcorn, raisinets, junior mints, all kinds of candies, hopefully your favorites in there, those kinds of things. We also have some wow. some goodies, sort of swag from some of our sponsors to put in there. But we're going to give everyone an Athleta gift card for $15. So go get yourself, like Thank you say, you. some more cute workout clothes or cute whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we have yep. a premium option for $10 more, yeah. and that will add a, a beer or wine option for those over 21. So um, that's that's the twist we put on it this year. Let's try to pamper people a little bit, get them a snack bag. And we got, you know, tremendous um, support as well from some of our club members who said, I'll be your M&M's lady. I'll be, you know, I'll pay for the popcorn. I'll do whatever. So so we're having fun well, with that too. Now, I, now I do have... Go ahead, Joe. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, we have our guest has joined us. And I wanted to give her a proper introduction when we're ready. Okay. Great. Well, I, I'm going to do that in one second. But before I do that, Kelly, I just want to say I love Athleta. I love Raisinets. I love popcorn. And the thought of wine, <laughs> a little upgrade to a wine. So I'm, I'm full indulgence. And then I'm going to use my Athleta to, like, work it all off. So that just uh, – <laughs> and, and I love the film. So that that's a win, 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 win in my book. So um, super um, happy for you that everybody has stepped up to the plate and supporting you. Okay. Let's, Thank you so much. Let's bring in our, um, our other guest today, joining yeah. us and Kelly Fogarty from Seropterimus International, is film director Holly Morris. Holly is the director of Overexposed Filming and Arctic Odyssey, a behind-the-scenes look at the film team that captured the daring story of the women's Euro-Arabian North Pole expedition. This is one of the LunaFest films this year. Holly has told and championed pro-women stories on the global stage for two decades. She is an internationally known filmmaker, author, and presenter. Um, works include Adventure Divas and Globe Trucker. Her most recent film, The Babushkas, I love saying that, The Babushkas of Chernobyl, yeah. premiered at the Los Angeles Film Festival where it won the jury award for directing. The film story, which is based on Morris's print journalism and also forms the basis of her popular TED Talk, is about a defiant community of women who live inside Ukraine's radioactive exclusion zone. Her newest feature film, a high-stakes Arctic documentary called Exposure, will be released in 2021. Um, director, filmmaker, uh, I'm going to call you a badass woman, Holly Morris. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much <laughs> for having me. This is great. Yeah. Um, all I can say, Holly, I mean, to start off with, uh, I want to say welcome and also we are we are huge fans of your work um the the everything that you've done has touched our lives in such powerful ways um cuba uh new zealand iran india i mean you're you're telling stories of of women everywhere in the world. How did that come to your mind? Well, I think, um, uh, so I started out my career in, in publishing, actually book publishing and did, mm. uh, worked on editing and other, uh, ways, uh, stories about women around the world and, uh, really saw and felt a lack of, you know, women being the narrators of the their own stories on the international stage. This is this was some time ago. Things have changed recently, which is great. Mm. So, um, mm. for example, the first the, my first foray into television and film was in Cuba because to me that was a culture that was really misunderstood, or 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 the stories about it were told through a very narrow prism in, in the in the American media, in my view, mm-hmm. and certainly. Um, focusing in more on, on women's stories there. I mean, you mostly heard about Castro or, or you know, a few other characters um, in the telling of Cuba. So so basically I really try to find uh, stories that have been told in perhaps a, uh, and not the fullest way and not necessarily the most pro-woman way, 
Um, and that applies mm-hmm. whether I've been in Chernobyl or the high Arctic or, um, or anywhere really. So speaking of, uh, the high Arctic, a, I'd like you to explain that term and B, were you actually there? Yes. Yeah, so, um, the, the film, my most recent project is called Exposure, and of course, the Luna uh, Cliff Bar uh, film project is 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 part of that overall project, and it's called Overexposed, and that is sort of a behind the scenes of how we made the film Exposure, which will be released this fall. So, Overexposed mm-hmm. it really was. Um, so, just to back up a little bit, the story is a group of women from the Arab world and the West, who teamed up to ski to the North Pole in 2018. Um, Mm -hmm. Sort of an epic adventure and an epic filming adventure as well, because, you know, we had temperatures to 39 below, um, and, uh, you know, all kinds of things went wrong. (laughs) Um, And, yes, Mm -hmm. I was there, and I had an incredible team of two women cinematographers, Ingeborg Jacobson and Catherine Barrows, both of uh, one one Norwegian, one American. And so the three of us basically captured this story in the high Arctic. Um, and uh, we the team that we were covering uh, went the last degree, so roughly 100 kilometers they skied across the Arctic sea ice, all ice, no land up there, <laughs> um, North Pole to the North Pole. And, um, and it was uh, quite a challenging production, and so Overexposed sort of captures uh, the behind-the-scenes of that. Hmm. How, I mean, um, was this your very first experience in the Arctic? Um, you know, I have done some filming in the Arctic before. I did a, a project with the uh, Sami people in, in the high Arctic of uh, the Norwegian uh, in, in Norway um, some yeah. years ago and that was you know following some reindeer herders and, and uh, but that is very different this is a polar expedition right this is they were on ice mm. the, we were on ice <laughs> the whole time mm. uh, pulling sledges fully uh, you know uh, self supported meaning that all of our food and all of our camera batteries and all of our rifles not not mine but we did have a rifle handler in charge of you know <laughs> should we run into a polar bear um you yes. know so it was it was um a very unique production and and the sort of one really relevant part of it all for the larger story and the larger film was that the women from around the world were all novices no one uh really in some cases not even particular athletes so that was really a, a sort of every woman kind of journey. Uh, the, mm-hmm. It was led by Felicity Aston, who who is a polar explorer, so she was obviously quite experienced, and uh, and my team had experience, um, but but the the most of the expedition members were novices. Wow! 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 Well, um, that is amazing. We are uh, we are in awe. Of your adventures there, physically, um, just weather-wise, when you say 39 below, people don't understand. That's not a wind chill, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It was bananas, I got to say. and uh, (laughs) That was frozen bananas, okay? It was was frozen bananas. That was was not frozen bananas. That was frozen bananas. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when, when you know, in the behind the scenes, you really sort of tackle, um, we're, we have the opportunity to talk a little bit about what that means to camera batteries and what that means to camera women mm-hmm. who are trying to operate equipment and who have to mm-hmm. see backwards <laughs> filming oh. stuff in order to see the, uh, in, in order to capture the, the expedition team, who's of course team forwards, north, northwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, it's pretty unique. I mean, obviously, the sort of overall, the specter hanging over it all is climate change because um, the, the sea ice is melting uh, and it is every year more and more, there's less of it. 
and it's less stable and it's newer ice as opposed to the old ice that was right. in the first century. Right. So more treacherous. Um, more treacherous, more could go wrong. Um and, but also you know, I mean from a filmmaking perspective, it allowed us to capture um a story of climate change in a way that was very visceral and very um timely in a way because you know you could see the challenges the characters were up against were you know crumbling ice around them hearing the ice crack you know being concerned of open leaves of water that were that they had to navigate and all of this these are all symptoms you know those worsening conditions are symptoms of of obviously our larger problem of climate change and this expedition that that they undertook that um overexposed captures, um, uh, well, to to say that the last ones to have made it to the pole because um, the following year the whole polar season was uh, canceled due to uh, climate change and regional political conflict. And then the two subsequent seasons were also canceled due to COVID. So, you know, we have these sort of larger um, environmental issues that that are um, that the story is at the mercy of. I, I at this point, um, Kelly, we could talk to Holly for another hour because <laughs> there's more, there's more, and there's always more to Morris. But <laughs> what do we want to focus on regarding Lunafest, Kelly Fogarty? Uh, me, okay, Kelly? Okay, me, Kelly? Sure. Well, and, Kelly Fogarty, you go ahead. <laughs> we, two Kellys. We talked a little go. bit earlier, Holly, about how um, LunaFest gets films and how they select films. We don't really know each year how many are submitted, but it kind of made me wonder, and maybe you could talk maybe even about both items, um, how are you getting films made? You're You're in a particular documentary genre, I guess you could say, and are there big production companies, big studios that you have, um, where you have your films made or something else, and then when you decide to enter your films into a festival like LunaFest, what's that process like for a filmmaker? Right. Yeah, well, LunaFest has done an amazing job for 30, I believe 30 years now, um, supporting women filmmakers, and this year is uh, no exception. Um, the, the the festival is fantastic and um, has been reaching audiences in a way that is really robust. I mean, I think the film circuit, uh, especially <laughs> this year, funnily enough, because, you know, uh, the whole film circuit, uh, independent film circuit has been canceled, essentially, or moved, been moved online. So right. it's really great to be a part of a festival that for nimble and able to um, get the films out there in a big way in a trying time. Um, I think distribution is always a challenge for filmmakers um, and especially documentary filmmakers. Uh, I can tell you, I have no connections to big studios. I would, I, you know, sometimes I wish I did because I, most of my projects have been um, really independent and really bootstrapped. And um, some stories are really hard to tell in that way. I will tell you filming in the Arctic is an expensive undertaking. So, sure. uh, my pro- this project was filmed by uh, different grants and um, uh, different organizations like the Redford Center and um, uh, several other uh, funders. Uh, so it was a bit of a um, cobbled together uh, project. Um, but Luna Fest, Luna was fantastic in that this year they uh, chose, I believe, four filmmakers to support and fund their production. So fully fund these films and that's really unique and really like liberating I have to say because um because it just doesn't happen right and you have to cobble things together but we were able to make overexposed with the support of LunaFest um uh you know pillar to post really so uh that's that's pretty special Period. Yeah, that's amazing. They are they are saying that this uh here in this year they have more and more partnered um to do that and and that's why, you know, each year when we show LunaFest, part of the money that we pay back is to support the Chicken and Egg Foundation and and Luna. Um 
vast majority of the proceeds come to our organization, but they take enough from each one to have built a fund, continue to do that, and, and now they're starting to invest it with independent filmmakers, like you say. So, neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for Holly. This is the other Kelly. Um, Holly, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your time with us this morning. And I always like to kind of peel back the layers on the on the person and their story and who they are, and not just your film, but you know you. And um, how did you start in film? What what was that moment when you you know were you five years old and you were holding a camera around the house? <laughs> how did what? prompted you to get started in the film? Mm. Well, I know I was not five years old with the camera. In fact, I, I didn't get into, I didn't do, start film, working in film until my early 30s, um, or about, I was about 30, and I had started in the print world, and I was feeling a little frustrated with the, um, how, uh, while I was happy with the, the film, or the, I'm sorry, the uh, books and I was working on and really, you know, had these incredible stories from these great authors, I was frustrated with the, with how the stories weren't getting out there. You know, you, you, you produce a book and it sells 5, 10, 15,000 copies maybe, right? So that was how, mm-hmm. when I said, you know, uh, I knew the power of film and television because I grew up in a, a television family. Um, and... Um, and so then I pivoted trying to take some of these stories to the, to, you know, this other medium. And so uh, I have been, uh, so that, that's how I started in film and, and started a series called Adventure Divas with my mom, who was a sports reporter, a producer. Um, and we, we sold that series to PBS. So it was a combination of sort of travel, travel and international politics. Um, around that time, I also was approached by Globe Trekker, which is a travel series, and so uh, on TBS as well. And uh, so I ended up working on Globe Trekkers for I don't know 20 years or something as well. I always had a side hustle. Um, so Globe Trekker was sort of my side hustle while I made my independent films, The Babushkas of Chernobyl and this film Exposure and other things. Um, yeah. So, but I do think generations coming up now are more facile and i mean the 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 tools of production in film uh are are more democratic now you know and you can um it, it is not such a stretch to uh envision yourself making film i'm talking about young girls specifically right um <laughs> and um so yeah, times have changed since I started. We were using you know you know sixty pound cameras and you know you know five person crews, <laughs> and now you can make a film with your iPhone if you if you know what you're doing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. <laughs> what what has been your what has been in your career um, as a filmmaker? What has been your biggest challenge that you ever had to face? Well, my biggest challenge, one might think, would be like, you know, I have been called up on some hard duties, like do a sh- climb the Matterhorn in two weeks and uh, do a film, and uh, you know, that was really physically demanding stuff like that if, if you weren't prepared. But I would say, you know, funding is always <laughs> it's boring, but it's the biggest challenge um, is putting together the for me anyway because I don't do terribly mainstream stuff, and um, it's been hard to put together the funding. But, um, but yeah, so you just sort of stay resilient and keep knocking on doors through it all. And I think that lesson applies to lots of, you know, artists and filmmakers and writers. And, and um, mm-hmm. it's not unique to, to filmmaking. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'd say, you know, keep your, keep your chin up amidst the, in the tough times uh, financially and have a side hustle. <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and, Get to know people like Luna and LunaFest because they really understand the challenges that uh, face filmmakers, particularly women filmmakers, and um, and provide them the resources to make things happen. Mm. I, I have a question for you, Holly. Mm-hmm. What what are some yeah. of the social? What of the you know we talk about social media and we, most people think of it in the large. Like you know, Facebook and um, 
uh, Instagram, but there is the the sort of the community specific social media is something that is beginning, and we want to talk about where do filmmakers go to share stories and to find new potential um, funding partners and all of that. What social media do you use or do you think Mm -hmm. other filmmakers use to find people to work with? Mm. Well, I think that, you know, communities uh, have emerged through social media. I mean, especially obviously in this last year um, around the organizations that support filmmakers. So for example, chicken and egg and uh, is a, was a partner in Lunafest and, they uh, they have a really robust community of women filmmakers who they've supported for many many years, and so all of us are connected through Slack and other ways. But mm. our kind of hub is Chicken and Egg, right? And I mm-hmm. would say mm-hmm. Women Make Movies is another organization that I would put in that for at least for me um, that they are uh, they are Women Make Movies is not a funder, but it's a product. They offer production assistance to women filmmakers and other various resources. Um, if you go to something like Doc NYC, which is a big, um, on one level, it's got a sort of marquee film festival in the fall, but it's also got now a huge community online. So all the filmmakers that come through that festival are connected. Um, and it helps with funding and it helps just with getting the word out about your project. And so staying in touch. Uh, and then all, you know, the funders themselves, um, you know, like, you know, probably Ford Foundation and many others. Um, and the Redford mm-hmm. Center, I know, has also, you know, they have funded us. And um, there's a big community of environmental filmmakers, and the hub is the Redford Center. So mm-hmm. so that's sort of a small, that's sort of one answer to your question. Like, um, these, these, these communities form uh, usually uh, through social media, uh, around right. organizations that fund and support filmmakers. Right. right. Well, um, you 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 hit the jackpot. I mean, when you go to chickenandeggpicks.org, <laughs> chicken mm-hmm. and egg, that's chicken, and then N is in Nancy, egg, and then P-I-C-S dot O-R-G, what you are presented with is chicken and egg pictures, and uh, they – Chicken and Egg Pictures supports women nonfiction filmmakers whose artful and innovative storytelling catalyzes social change. Wow. And then we go on to WMM, just three letters, WMM.com. Women make movies. Wow. Joe, we have three minutes. It, it, this happens every Friday to us. We just it's don't amazing. have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I have a new favorite uh, website. That's WMM.com. And uh, Kelly Fogarty and Holly Morris, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Well, thank and you. And, and again, our our. Yeah. Our screening is May 1st and 2nd, and it's a 48-hour window when people can watch at their convenience. So please go well, you know, well, to the site that Joe mentioned, simanhattanbeach.org, and right there you'll see yeah. you know, buy LunaFest tickets here. We're all over social media as well with those links, so uh, please yeah. do join us. We Yeah, and I mean, I want to give you a formal 90 seconds, Kelly. Give us all <laughs> of the details. Where do we go? What do what we what can we find? You want me to talk more? I can always do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Now we have we, we, we weren't uh, cutting you off. We have on. two minutes. I was yeah. I was just starting to wrap it Not up. And, uh, no, please tell us exactly uh, yeah. what people need to do to find yeah. you, buy tickets, and do more. Yeah. Well, it is simanhattanbeach.com. That's for Sir Optimist International. Not, I'm sorry. dot org. Simanhattanbeach.org. Yeah. And right there, you'll see. Yeah. 
when you go to Facebook, you can search for Seroptimus Manhattan Beach. Instagram, I think it's si.manhattan beach. We're on Twitter. So we're, um, we have a list of 450 people. If you've ever heard of us, you're probably on our email list and you've already gotten emails inviting you to the ticket site. So, uh, please do, uh, consider that. If you buy your ticket before April 20th, you'll be eligible for the snack bag, but we're going to have to cut it off then because we need to buy and make and have the right quantity of everything to give to people. Um, we're really hoping that we'll sell at least, you know, 250 tickets or so, and, and we're on our way to that. But this is the kind of thing where a lot of people do at the last minute. So we ask you to go ahead and buy your ticket now. And, again, you'll have a 48-hour window. Find yourself that 90 minutes when you can pop some popcorn and, and relax and watch these films. They're just inspiring. They're just, um, in many cases, you know, important to your life and important to the lives of people that you know um, and, and beautiful voices. Um, I wonder, you know, where else we're going to find these women's stories and uh, told by women, things about women, the things that Holly spent her career doing, wanting to tell those women's stories. And, um, and you'll just enjoy it very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, what a what a wonder what a wonderful um, reintroduction to our lives as as uh, <laughs> uh, people that can go out and see things and do things. Um, we can now go out and see things about the babushkas of Chernobyl. Um, let's mm-hmm. let's find new stories uh, out there in the world. Um, thank you very much. Kelly, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Um, Holly Morris, thank you. Kelly Fogarty, thank you so much um, thank you. for your time. Can't, can't wait to see all the films and, and to learn more about um, you, Holly, your films, and, of course, um, the wonderful work that Sir Optimus International does. So thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Great Bye-bye. to be on. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.